Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Good morning, friends and faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast with your hosts, Jen and Jamie. And today we are here to discuss some Old Testament with you guys. And uh, my sister obviously is here for her monthly input on the podcast. And I love having her on. And this is something that she and I get to do together and something we're both passionate about. We both enjoy doing Bible studies and reading the Bible and teaching it even because she, what do you do, Jamie? You're a teacher, right? You do some teaching stuff. I do. I'm not doing any Bible studies currently. Um, I guess that's not true. I, I'm, I'm not doing like any official Bible studies, but I have women come over and we'll discuss things in the Bible every so often. So I, I really enjoy that. Yes. Yeah. And, you, and you're a counselor too, a little bit, right? Kind of. Sometimes my husband is, and I sometimes will chime in or it just depends on the situation. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, today we are going to be discussing Exodus chapter 25 verses 10 through 40. And this is the first time I've ever done a biblical podcast episode where I'm not going to read the Bible. <laughs> and typically I try to shy away from doing that. I don't like to uh, not give you guys what we're talking about, but because this is so long, I mean, this is, what is this, like 40 verses or no, it's like 30 verses, but it's still very long. And uh, I think that it would be better for us to just talk about what is happening. But I do encourage you guys to, when you have a chance to go into your Bible and look at it, that you do turn to Exodus chapter 25 and read these verses yourself. But um, Which is the goal anyway, right? It is, I mean, yes. even if you do read it, it's good to go back over it. And I mean, sometimes I'm an audio learner, so I just love to hear it, but there's nothing like just reading it through it yourself. And then you kind of can go through it a little slower. And that's just, it's just so important. Yes. You can't get too much scripture. Yeah. I, you just I completely agree with Jamie. And I actually learned something kind of interesting about audio learners. I, I heard that um, my pastor and I were discussing this actually, that people are just switching over to audio for everything. People don't really, I mean, there's a lot of people that like to just sit down and read as well, but for the most part, the people who don't really read that much are all switching over to audio. So I think it's like 80% of people now, if they want content, learn it through some sort of audio or visual kind of outlet <laughs> rather than like reading it in a book or I don't know. I believe that. Yeah. You're always going to have your people that are never going to depart from the book in their hand. But on the other hand, it is it's just so convenient to have it. It is convenient to have it. And that's why I like the audiobook version of the Bible that I read. I can't remember the name of what it was, but I did get a dramatized audiobook version of the Bible. But I think it's still very important for you guys who are like me and want everything in, in audio or visual <laughs> that you do go through and actually pick up a Bible and read it. Because there's there's nothing quite like just sitting down 
when you have some time to read the Bible. And uh, one thing I mentioned in my previous podcasts was I started doing that. I started doing like a um, morning routine where before I do my podcasts, which I didn't this morning, but before I do my podcasts, I read my Bible out on my back porch. And it's extremely enjoyable for me now. It's very relaxing and I learn a lot more so than, you know, just researching it. Yeah. And it is really like devoting yourself, your time and what you're doing, your mind to God and his word. Like for me, when I'm listening, a lot of times I just want to do dishes or I'm like running around the house and just like, you know, listening while I'm doing everything else. But I'm just putting that in my mind because I like it. But then there's a different time for being quiet and just letting God speak to you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like devoting your time to God. I agree. Yeah, I think that's cool. Okay. So anyway, let's talk about this. So I'm not going to read it, but the first paragraph here in Exodus chapter 25 from verses 10 through 22 Talk about the making of the ark. Oh, and by the way, this is the first episode of the four-part series that I'm doing called Building of the Tabernacle or the Temple, (laughs) just to throw that out there. So my sister is here to help me with the first one, and I'm going to have a couple more guests discussing uh, some stuff on the building of the tabernacle as well, so stay tuned for that. But um, anyway, let's get back to this. So Jane, what are verses 10 through 22 talking about here? Um, Basically the beginning or this, this ark, the ark of the covenant. And it's this huge piece of furniture and it is, I I mean, I wish that I could have seen it. You know, I I don't, it just seems so amazing because it's a work of art and craftsmanship. Um, this huge wooden container with statues of cherubim and it's amazing. I, I can't, it's overlaid with gold and it's just the exact design, the, the measurements and, um, the materials it's supposed to be made of and exactly how these cherubs are supposed to be formed. Yes. And it says here that it's made of acacia wood. So it bef- the, the entire like frame of it and bodywork of it is supposed to be acacia wood, which is overlaid with gold. So I looked up a little bit about acacia wood and it's, Acacia, what I found out is like better than mahogany, isn't it, Jane? Is that what you read? Yeah, it's like a little bit, it's a bit harder, just a bit. So you have like your oak, which it would be a hardwood. It's like way better than pine, which is nice, but it's nicks and everything. Then there's oak and all these different kinds of oaks. So this was, the, it's even harder. So it's, it's a really good, good wood yeah and it's didn't you say you looked it up and it's antibacterial yeah it's It's like naturally antifungal so it's not really going to grow any kind of fungus or it's also extremely hard so it doesn't warp very easily and uh, what was the other thing I read about it I think it's also it's the typical wood that people use if you want like a super long lasting piece of furniture so if you get like a really high quality long lasting piece of furniture it might be made of acacia wood like if you go over to Amish country and check out their stuff. <laughs> it's funny. Jamie and I both live in huge Amish communities and we're in completely different states. <laughs> yeah, I think um, mine's a little bigger of a community more. It's a Shipshawana in Indiana is close to me. So I don't live there, but that's the big community in Indiana. But then also in Ohio, you have a really big population over by your house. Yes, you live in the middle of like nowhere. A- 
I do live in the middle of nowhere. And (laughs) and uh, the Amish community for me is uh, it's a huge I think it's the biggest community of Amish in my or actually in Ohio. I'm pretty sure is um, middle field Amish. But anyway, that is completely off topic. (laughs) Yeah, Why are we talking about that? Okay. (laughs) Okay. I know because their furniture is awesome. Yes, I just like is. to go by and look at it. Yeah, you know, me too. It's, just, it's nice. It's so okay. nice. My desk is made of, it's it's an Amish made piece of furniture and it is the nicest piece of furniture I have in my house is my desk. It is so nice. Well, it is nice. It's beautiful. And um, you're a little possessive over it actually. I am. But anyway. Don't touch my desk. <laughs> yeah, you are. But um, so anyway, your desk though, as nice as it is, is nothing compared to what this arc was oh yeah this was like i i can't even imagine so it's overlaid and it has these um handles so poles that go in into rings so that they can carry it um and those poles were never to leave and so that they always carried it um in a particular way so it was not to be you know on a back of a camel or whatever they had and or a cart or anything like that it was to be carried by people and then it it showed that they had these poles and it was all overlaid with gold it was all wasn't it carried on a cart though when Uza went and touched it he died yeah he did but wasn't it carried on a cart it was okay it was not supposed to be it was not supposed to be it was not supposed to be okay I just wanted to ask that that was sorry that's way in the future you know, with, with yeah. King David pretty much. I'm sorry that I said, I, I said that cause it wasn't supposed to be. Yeah, you're right. It's not supposed to be. It was supposed to be carried with these, um, with these poles, which were also acacia wood overlaid with gold. Okay. Just if you're imagining the Ark, if you haven't seen like a picture of a representation of one, just think of a giant box. Okay. Think of like a big old box with, um, like a chest, like a yeah. really nice, huge chest. And you know how like, um, this is kind of a, a stupid analogy, but like how pallbearers for like a casket, how the, how they have the rings on the casket and the poles going through. It was kind of like that, though it didn't look like a casket. It was like, you know, but it had like the rings like that. And then that's how the people would carry them. There would have to be like pallbearers to carry them. Yes. Well, I, I was right? thinking kind of the same <laughs> okay. thing, but it's not. I don't know if I like that analogy. <laughs> yeah. On a really big scale, though. And yes, less creepy. Not creepy yes, at all. Much less creepy. <laughs> Not creepy. In fact, it says here that it was supposed to have a lid, which was also made of acacia wood, overlaid with gold. And then on top of this lid, which was called the mercy seat in the Bible, and we'll, we'll discuss more about why it was called the mercy seat in a second, this lid of the Ark of the Covenant. But on either side of this lid, there would be two cherubim, and cherubim look like angels, what we picture to a- angels to look like. They have wings, feathery wings, I think. And then, you know, the wings would go upward and like overshadow the top of the lid. And then the faces of the cherubim, which look human, I would imagine, are looking down at the lid. Now, of course, there's representations of the Ark that you can like look up a picture of what people think it probably looked like. But you have to remember that, you know, we talked about this on Monday about how Moses was actually shown a vision 
of what all this stuff would look like. So like you and I, just me explaining it to you guys, probably don't have a very good picture of it in your head. But if you were to look at a picture of it and then me explain it to you, you would be you would have way better understanding of what this was supposed to look like. So God wasn't just explaining all this to Moses in great detail, though he was. He was also giving like a, a vision of it to Moses or also just showing him a representation of it in some way. Maybe God like made a figure of it, like a figurine. I don't know what he did, but he was somehow showing it to Moses. So it wasn't just like God explaining Which is to it. It's completely helpful because I don't know, when I read that, I think, okay, we all have ideas of what angels look like. And, you know, obviously that's tradition passed down, but I, I've always thought like, oh, how, how did they know what the cherubims look like? Like, did they have feathery wings or did they make them sleek or did they, you know, we don't really know, but it is interesting that, you know, Moses understood this and then it was also written and he could easily tell them, like, tell the people that we're going to be making this, this is what it needs to look like. And I'm imagining it like this. And then and then the artists were able to go in there and make this. Yeah, because in verse 9, which we didn't talk about verse 9, it says, According to all that I show you, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all of the furniture, even so you shall make it. So somehow God was showing this to Moses. He was showing Moses the pattern of the furniture. Not just explaining it, but like visually showing it as well. Somehow. I don't know how. So... Moses would have had an excellent representation of, like, he would would have known what to do. He would have been able to see it and then reproduce it because he was able to see it. And because then, you know, God's giving him every fine little detail. He writes it down and then he's like, oh, wait, what was was that part of the ark supposed to look like again? And then he goes back and he's like, oh, yeah, that. (laughs) Yes. This is like the blueprints. Exactly. Yeah. And he was going to be the general contractor he's overseeing this he knows exactly what to do yes and then he'd find the skilled workers to do all this stuff but i'd like to talk about the mercy seat a little bit so actually it mentions the mercy seat and that's what the lid of the ark of the covenant was supposed to be called now why was it supposed to be called this (laughs) i i gave kind of a funny little joke when I saw it. So the mercy seat was actually where God's presence was going to sit. And it was going to be on top of the ark in between the two cherubim. And like God's presence was supposed to sit there on top of the law. And that's where he'd like meet. So I was kind of like laughing about the name because God is merciful. And that's where he's sitting, (laughs) sitting there (laughs) on top of the ark, which is the mercy seat. And my sister's just looking at me like, you're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not looking at you like that. <laughs> but yeah, but that's that was why it was called the mercy seat. You know, God is merciful and that's where he's going to sit. At least that's what my interpretation of the mercy seat is. Yeah, that sounds good to me. But in verse 22, it says, there I will meet with you and I will tell you from above the mercy seat from between the two cherubim, which are on the Ark of the Covenant, all that I command you for the children of Israel. So that is where God's presence was going to meet with the priests was on, on top of that ark. So this was very symbolic. I mean, this ark was supposed to be fashioned from the best materials because, I mean, God was going to sit there. And not to mention, the people had all this stuff. Don't forget. I mean, there this was a community of probably upwards 2 million people that got 
tons of silver and gold and jewels and whatever else from the Egyptians when they left. They had all this stuff, don't forget. And uh, actually, that brings to mind something else with the golden calf, which we're going to talk about way later on. You know, while God is asking his people to make something beautiful like the Ark of the Covenant for him, they're down there fashioning this like fake God out of all that gold they got. Right. Yeah. You know. And yeah, this would be totally a a different fashion, you know, because this is not we're talking about like um, these angels looking at each other and kind of overshadowing their wings are overshadowing the mercy seat. And it's just the I don't know. It's just highlighting and, um, you know, we can't really put God and as beautiful as a piece of furniture is that doesn't even represent his majesty and glory, but this is the best human representation. This is what God said. This is what you're going to do. And they did. And it's, it's beautiful, but it's different than this cow that they're down there worshiping or any of the other gods that they would have seen in, in Egypt. Like we, I was just watching this documentary on the sphinx and i mean it's cool it's cool i don't know what it was for nobody really knows what it was but it's like that thing is weird i mean it's weird looking like it's this big lion with this ugly guy's head and that's that is not you know that is what the egyptian not that wasn't there you know back when the egyptians were there but that kind of you know mixing of the human and animal and these powers like this is God's giving a different blueprint for what he wants and his glory and majesty and the way that they were supposed to worship him. And a funny story about the Sphinx. So we laugh because my dog, Bandit, when he the food comes out, he turns into the Sphinx. He's like sitting in the, <laughs> in the most perfect. He does. And I, <laughs> he's like sitting in the most perfect position ever. So my husband and I laugh. We're like, oh, the Sphinx is back. <laughs> I've seen him do that. I didn't know you called yeah. him that. That's cute. Okay. Okay, sorry. So we have a lot more to discuss here, and we're already at 20 minutes. So let's keep going. So it says here, you shall make a table of acacia wood. So this is done talking about the ark. God gave the blueprint to Moses for the people to make this thing. And now he wants them to make a table. And this table would be something that would be sitting in the temple and the priests would have access to, and it was a beautiful temple, pretty similar, I would guess, to the look of the ark, because it was also supposed to be made of acacia wood overlaid with gold, and it also had rings on the four corners of the table, where like people could, the priests could carry it around. And then, on top of it, there is supposed to be a showbread that was always supposed to be there for like a week. And then they replaced the showbread with a different showbread. And then the priest would eat the sh- old showbread. It says you should make, uh, you shall set bread in the presence on the table before me always. So what do we think of a table? Like, how do we think of a table nowadays? Gather. Yes, gather. You know, every we always see that sign above the the tables, which says gather. <laughs> I have one. <laughs> I do. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I think I have one. I don't know what I have. I definitely have like something corny, I think. Oh, no, I no, I don't. I have. Oh, I had a spoon and a fork. My husband hated them. He's like, those are so stupid. Did you get rid of them? But I had those above. Yeah, I did get rid of them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Why do you want them? I'll take them. I don't care. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I actually still have them. I, I put them in the donation pile. Oh, I didn't I know if you kept them when you moved. Okay. Anyway, we think of like 
community. We think of gathering together. We think of, you know, um, the Lord's Prayer. I have the Lord's Prayer. Like, give us this day our daily bread. You know, we think of that as just like a table is a place where we gather together as a family or we gather together with friends. My table typically isn't like that. It's usually filled with tools. <laughs> but even so, I still think of a table as a place where we like gather together. Because when my family comes over, I do actually clear all the crap off my table and set it. And then we eat at the table. Well, I like to watch all those home shows or DIY shows. And it's always, you know, the open concept because this is where our family is. This is the heart of the home where we, we come together and we spend our time. It's just the heart. For a lot of people. James, how does that translate to what God is talking about here at the table? Well, it's a, it's a fellowshipping. And so, you know, we come together and we fellowship over food and it's, it's just a time of being together. So I think this is just a symbolism, a symbolism of the fellowship that God is giving us through this. And also that Jesus is the bread of life. So Obviously, it's all pointing to Jesus. And I think that that is, it's just a good reminder of how God is calling us back to fellowship with him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree with that. And actually, that kind of points to what we were talking about earlier today with just taking some time to sit down and read the Bible. It's like giving our time to Jesus or our time to God, you know, to sit down and just fellowship with God. Yes. And his, his provision. I mean, there's just so much with food that reminds us of who God is and, you know, the fellowship that we have through that. Exactly. So I think that that's a big thing about this um, table is just since God was going to be basically sitting right there at the mercy seat, he'd be like kind of fellowshipping with the priests that were eating at the table. So I I think that's kind of cool. This is all kind of showing that God you know, he made us a certain way. We were made in his image. And like, we think that like God doesn't want to fellowship with us, but yeah, he does. And he knows what we need. He's providing, he knows what we need. He knows how we are made and the desires that um, we have. And he wants to be a part of, of that too. So the last thing here, which shows a little bit of symbolism is this lampstand which is from verses 31 through 40. The lampstand also was supposed to be made of pure gold. So this was not um, this was not acacia wood. This was completely gold, this lampstand. And just think of a, a menorah, actually. When you think of this lampstand, it had three branches going out on one side and three branches going out on the other side. And then there was a branch in the middle. And then those seven branches would hold the candlesticks. Now, seven is a representation of God as well. We see so many sevens in the Bible. Exactly. You know, there's seven days of the week. You know, there's seven. You know, it was always talking about sevens when we were going through. That completion. Yes, God's number. Yes. God's number. Yes, is seven. So we always are seeing seven with God. He likes that number a lot. So anyway, um, he says that, you know, this lampstand was supposed to be made out of seven branches. And then each of the individual cups that hold the candles were supposed to look like an almond uh, flower. I don't know what an almond flower looks like. Like the, um, It's flower-like cups, buds, and blossoms. I can't imagine how yes. pretty that would have been. Like I would have loved to see this as humongous menorah just with gold and all these almonds and flowers and 
it would just be a piece of art that I, I just can't even imagine. Imagine being the person that got to work on this stuff. That'd be fun. It'd be amazing. Jamie and I are both very, yeah, we're both very creative. We both enjoy doing like DIY art stuff. I'm My sister is huge on DIY. Like she makes her house look so good with her husband. They do these like crazy projects in their house. And then me, I'm not so much about the crazy projects, but I enjoy doing like fine art and different things. So it, it would be fun to like be one of the skilled craftsmen that was allowed to work on something so special, like one of these lampstands or whatever. Yeah. And it was, I, I think this, not only would it have been fun, you know, for, for a skilled craftsman, someone who really enjoys art, but this would be a, an act of worship. This was giving, you, you know, we, we all have gifts. So some of us are really, you know, into the arts. Some people just have, they can do accounting and math and they just understand things. And so we all have these gifts and we can use them for God and he has a special purpose. So these artists had the ability to show their worship to God through this art. And later on, we hear about the musicians, you know, that were worshiping God through their music in the time of David. And then even with like people who build like architects and people who measure there was always like a place for people who were good at mathematics, who were good at uh, architecture, good at art, and like anything that God gives us to use, you can absolutely use it for God. Yeah, and I think that's important to remember. It's like if God has given you a gift, some people get so scared. Like, you know, I, when I was a kid, I was a little bit afraid. Like, oh, what is God going to ask me to do? What if it's something I don't like doing. And, you know, sometimes there are things that are hard when you serve God, but he gave you gifts and you're, he's going to let you use your gifts and love serving him, love worshiping him through that. So I think that is a takeaway from this. I agree. Pray about that. I think that's a good, a good thing to do is how can I be used in God's body in, in the body of Christ to use my gifts him the spiritual gifts he's given me the physical gifts because it's it's all to be used for glory, god's glory he gave that he gave that to you and that's not something that you should be you know hiding you use it and have fun with it use it for god's glory i agree i used to hide the stuff i was good at i don't know why i was scared people wouldn't like it or like i i truly used to do that i used to like be embarrassed when i started p40 ministries i was horrified i was so embarrassed that people were gonna laugh at me <laughs> I hope I had nothing to do with that. I, I mean, I do laugh at you a lot. I don't know. <laughs> Today, when I got on the podcast, I told my sister, I'm like, please don't judge the way I look. <laughs> and she's like, I won't. Then the second I get on the, the podcast, she's like looking at me quizzically. And I'm just like, yeah, I told you. I wasn't looking at you. Look, I don't know. It's It's not. Maybe you were just being sensitive. I don't think I was looking at you like that. <laughs> I'm told I'm very sensitive at times. <laughs> so thank you so much, guys. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the podcast uh, this morning. I hope you enjoy these episodes with my sister and I. They're different. I know they're completely different from when I'm just alone. We're more rabbit trail -y. We're more 
laughing. We just have fun, but you know what? Our rabbit trails, they came back and tied together. And I, I think that we got some good takeaways from today, so. We like to bring joy. You know, the Bible isn't just a serious thing that we have to, you know, take seriously all the time. God gave us joy. He gave us laughter. He invented humor. I love that. Yes, he invented humor. Some of the stuff God says is hilarious. It is. It is. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's cool, but <clears throat> I hope you enjoy these podcast episodes and uh, hopefully my sister will be joining us monthly to uh, help me out and to host the podcast episode with me. But friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless.